I've got Jason Malibu with me today. Jason is an awesome guy. I met him back at BPCon, but we I remember hearing him on a clubhouse call sometime about a year ago. And man, this guy is just killing it. He has infectious energy and he lets nothing stop him. And it's super contagious and I love it. So he's super inspirational to be around, brings everybody up and he's doing more than just about anybody I know. Uh, I really respect his hustle and his work ethic. And today we're going to get into Jason's story about how he's pursuing financial freedom, his journey in real estate, and all the stuff he's accomplishing along the way. So Jason, welcome to the show, man. I am so happy to have you here. Hey, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. And and that you never told me that story. I never knew that you were stalking me in Clubhouse totally. for the last year without <laughs> me knowing. I know it. I was definitely stalking you. But anyway, man, so I want to start off with a little bit. Let's get your backstory. And I'm glad I don't know your backstory because I always like doing an interview or getting to know someone. Well, I don't have to fake like, oh, tell me something I already know because I actually don't know why you got into real estate, why you started pursuing financial freedom. So let's start with financial freedom. I knew you were a CPA back in the day, but so what made you want to start pursuing financial freedom and not be dependent on an employer for the rest of your life? Well, to answer that story, um, I mean, sorry, I mean, um, to answer that question, uh, that simple answer is because I don't have the option, right? So, so like, um, um, many of your listeners don't know this, but I have cerebral palsy, which is a disability. So, so uh, um, I hate making up excuses. Huh, um, However, fact is fact, um, um, it's going to be harder for me to, uh, to get a high-paying job compared to you. So, um, so my dad always pushed me to, towards entrepreneurship, um, even when I was younger. Um, um, I didn't quite know what I wanted to be. Um, growing up, uh, um, after graduating college, I became a CPA, and then, um, while I was doing one of my client's tax returns, I noticed that he had a rental property, and I noticed that he was making a lot of, um, passive income without him doing anything. So that's what sparked my interest in real estate investing. From there, I started, I started to research how do you learn how to invest in real estate property? And then um, that's how I discovered bigger pockets. Um, I started to consume all of the podcasts, books, um, um, and then in uh, 2019, that's when I started to buy um, a single family um, properties over in Indianapolis, Indiana. 2020, I started to work with my mentor, Sterling White, um, <clears throat> because I knew that I wanted to transition out of a single family. Um, and then do multi-family. Um, and then in 2021, that's when I made a big step of actually quitting my job as an accountant and I'm selling all my single-family homes now. And now I am talking to you, Jess. So that's a very concise story of my background. That's amazing. And one other thing, you know, Jason mentioned his disability, cerebral palsy, and something that stuck out to me. So I have a family member or had a family member with cerebral palsy, and it was my mom's brother. He was a big part of our family. We spent all time together, and obviously Jason stuck out to me. But what amazed me about Jason, and I want to talk about what you just said, but I want to touch on that since you just did, is that, you know, the family member that we had with CP, it really dictated his whole life. 
and he didn't really do the things that you were doing. Um, he was afraid to speak out. He was afraid to go out and do the things that you're doing. And the fact that you're doing it and you're asking questions in the middle of hundreds of people where other people without a disability uh, are afraid to even talk up. To me, that's incredible. And it's inspiring for someone able-bodied like myself who's scared to stand up and ask a question or, or stand out in a crowd. I see you just crushing it, making me look bad, quite frankly. And it's inspiring. And I think you're going to inspire a lot of people because you don't let anything, including the disability, bring you down. Um, in fact, at this point, it might even be a, a strength for you. Um, you've, you've at least flipped it and turned it into a strength, and that is incredible. So I definitely want to commend you for that, and you're killing it, man. I'm not saying that just to, to be nice. You, you genuinely are, and I love that about you. So, Amen. Um, thank you for that, Jess. Um, um, I would say that you inspired me as well. Right? I, you, you told me last time. That we thought that you just closed on the uh, six-unit apartment building. So that's very inspiring to me as well. Very cool. Okay, so to jump back into your story. um, So basically, you started just a couple of years ago, really, in real estate. So you were a CPA. And fast forward now to early 2022, you've quit your job to do this full time. Like, that's crazy. Nobody does that. Most people take at least a decade and here you are not even three years, maybe three years later and you're doing this full time and you're killing it. You're going to all the conferences, you're big on social media and you're a powerful networker. That's one thing that you're just doing phenomenal at. You're meeting everybody at these events. You're not wasting any time. And I think, you know, just like me, it's the people you meet that are really going to elevate you. And it's those rooms you get in that are going to take you to the next level. And you are getting in those rooms. And that's one of the biggest tips I give people is get in a bigger room and start networking. And you're doing that. So you're doing a great job, man. So let's talk about where, where you're at now. So in 2019, you started buying single family homes and you kind of had something switch in your head. So you said around 2020, 2021, you started selling those off and the goal and the new vision became multifamily. Yes. Let's talk about why multifamily. Why did you decide to sell off all those and why did you decide to pursue multifamily? So, so uh, I have one word for you, which is scale, right? Right. Um, um, it's very hard to scale in the multifamily I mean, it's hard. it's hard to scale in the single family space. Um, for example, I was doing BUR, which stands for buy, uh, um, repair, uh, rent, refinance, and then repeat, right? So, um, so that process can take anywhere from six months, and that's not even counting any seasoning in your in their financing. So, so that going um, so that could be six months to 12 months for you to get all your money back. Um, um, before you could reinvest into another property. Um, and, and that's only for one door, right? Um, so I started thinking to myself, man, um, this is taking me a this is taking me a long time to go one door. So I started thinking, uh, um, 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 our most precious commodity that we have on this earth is time, and uh, um, the reason why time is our most important commodity is because um, we don't know how much time we have on this earth. Right, I can um, I can check my my uh, uh, Bank of America account right now, and I uh, I know exactly how much money I have in the bank account. However, I don't have I mean I don't know how much time I have left. So I'm, so I'm thinking to myself, 
how can I use my time more efficiently? So, so that's when I started to look into multi-family. And now, what I noticed was you actually put the same amount of effort and the same amount of time into multi-family and that you get more doors uh, um, with the same amount of time and energy. So that's why I decided to transition into multi-family investing. Well, that's great reasoning. And it's something I'm just now grasping myself. Like I just told you, we talked a couple of weeks ago on a, a FaceTime call. I just got my first six-unit, um, I guess you can call it apartment, small multifamily under contract. We're supposed to close on Monday or Tuesday of next week. So we haven't officially closed, but we're almost there. And I, I quickly realized that I'm like, dude, you know, I've been closing on $100,000, $150,000 deals. And this, like, like you just said, the exact amount of work it takes to close $150,000 single family is the same amount of work it takes to do a $600,000 six unit or $700,000 six unit. And a lender was actually honestly more excited that I, I brought him a multifamily. And he was like, absolutely. He said, let's, let's definitely do that one. And he's been super hesitant on some of the single families, but that's their wheelhouse. They see the potential. The numbers are super easy to, to calculate and you give that lender that spread. And yeah, I totally agree with you, man. Um, um, do you know why he was more excited about your multi-family than your single family? I don't. Lay it on me. It is because um, when they lend to you and your single family, they know that you know that your single family is either one hundred percent vacant or it's one hundred percent occupied. Um, so. So like, um, when the tenant moves out of your single family house, um, that means that you are automatically at risk of you um defaulting on your loan. Um, um, compared to if you have a six unit apartment building or a ten unit apartment building, um, even if one of your tenant moves out. You're still ninety percent occupied if you if you have a ten unit apartment building. So 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 that going um, that is why with scale comes with more safety. We'll kind of progress in your story a little bit. So you've transitioned into multifamily. What does your portfolio currently look like? And then we'll talk about kind of where you're going and where you want to be. Mm. So. So, so uh, please remember that I'm transitioning to single family to multi-family. So I'm selling all my single family homes right now. And I'm, um, right now I only have w- one more left. And uh, if everything goes well, then by, by the end of the week, I mean, maybe by the end of the month, I will have a deal. Single family homeless to that, and then uh, I can have all my focus on on the acquisition side of multifamily. I love that. So you're getting you're getting your laser sharp focus kind of dialed in. You're getting rid of the single family, and you're zooming in on. I think you said the Kansas City market, and then Indianapolis. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Uh, um. We're looking in the Indianapolis and the Kansas City markets. We're focusing in the B and C plus neighborhoods uh, of those markets because previously um, we were were looking at B and C class neighborhoods. Um, But um, what I've noticed with with the more experience I've had is... um, C class tenants tend to be more of a paycheck to paycheck type of tenants, and um, um, there's more drama um, um, with those kind of tenants. So that's why I'm shying away from those tenants and I'm focusing more on like the B and C class neighborhood, neighborhoods 
because those tend to attract more of like a middle-class type of tenants yeah. who are more stable. I think you're right on point, man. So why Indianapolis and Kansas City? Because as you're, the listeners may not know, you live in Los Angeles. I mean, come on, man. It's one of the hottest markets in the United States. Why not in your backyard when you can just go, you know, on a Tuesday afternoon and go drive over to your property? Why somewhere in the Midwest? Why not LA? So, so, um, I love living in Los Angeles. I would never live anywhere besides Los Angeles, but I would never invest here. And, um, one of the reasons why is uh, I don't want to get into the whole politics. However, um, um, politics plays a big role when you're investing in real estate. So, for example, in California, if I want to evict a tenant, um, it could take me six months or more to evict the tenant. However, in those red states like like uh, Indianapolis and Kansas City, if you choose not to pay me, uh, I can have you evicted in five weeks. So, oh, so that's a bit different. And also, um, uh, um, um, the prices in uh in those um. Kansas City and Indianapolis um, is not as crazy as they are here in uh, Los Angeles. So like, so you're getting you're getting a better um, rent to price ratio, right? So so um, um, fundamentally in real estate, um, you try to look for a one percent rule. What that means is um, you try to look for a place where the where the monthly rent is one percent of the total purchase price of the property. So um, um, you can't get you cannot get the one percent rule anywhere um, in the country anymore. Um, because we are in a crazy market right now. However, in Indianapolis and in Kansas City, you can come pretty close. Um, I think right now you could get 0.06 right now in those in those markets right now. Yeah, that's a good answer. And it definitely offers that out there in the Midwest, and I think there's a lot of merit in investing out there. And you made me think about, I've got a friend out in LA that does a lot of flipping out there and they bought an off market deal. Well, it came with the inherited tenant and the tenant is not wanting to leave at all. They've tried cash for keys. Obviously the eviction moratorium was extended. I think it's another till next year sometime, or at least the end of this year or something like that. There's more protection within Los Angeles County. And so they've got a guy, you know, you're on hard money, which you're paying a lot of interest every month and you've got that little bridge loan of 12 to 18 months and they've got someone that still won't leave. And that's tough. That's to me, that's super scary. And you're right. Even politics aside, you have to step back and and be like, okay, where is my money safer? Because if I get stuck in a property, maybe it's in LA or Seattle or or Portland and one of those States that's a lot more tenant protective. I don't want to get stuck with someone that has all the power because they could essentially just take me down yeah. Um, um, and also, uh, um, another thing that you look for when you're choosing a market, uh, um, um, I don't know what exactly is the stats here in California, um, because it's not my market. Uh, um, however, um, um, what I can tell you is, uh, um, a few, a few of the indicators that we look look at when we choose a market to invest in is the is the um population growth, job growth, median income growth, and a diverse uh, um 
market, right? So and and both of um Indianapolis and Kansas City both of um um meet those criteria. Um for example, I think back in two thousand ten, two thousand twenty, um the the um United States population increased by I think it was nine percent and and um um Kansas City and Indianapolis it's somewhere between that eight to ten percent. So 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 the um you know that those market populations um are growing at the same pace as the nation's population growth. Also you need to make sure that 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 the um job growth and the um medium income growth is growing as well. Um and uh, one of the one of the things that I look for is to make sure that the um that the median um tenant income can support the uh, um the growing um um rent. For example, um if you are charging tenants um nine hundred dollars of rent, so then um that means that they may be making at least three times um that rent amount that rent amount, so that's gonna be two thousand seven hundred per month times twelve equals I don't have my calculator with me but but I got um that's how you determine if the if the market can can support a strong um um rent growth. Um and then also another thing that I look for um is a diverse market, right? So what I mean by this is um your market economy should not be um dependent on this one industry. Um for example, in Indianapolis, um, we have Eli Lilly, which is a big pharmaceutical company. There, um, we have Rolls Royce. Um, we have a bunch of tech companies moving there, and um, um we have, we have a bunch of uh, sports teams too. For example, we have the Indianapolis Colts, and we have the Indiana Bay Church. And uh, um, um, all those things brings in a diverse um, economy because what you don't want is you don't want to invest in a market like Detroit, which was uh, um, which is dependent on this, uh, um, automotive industry. And um, when the automotive industry um, moved out of Detroit, it took all the money out of Detroit, and and I come um, that is why Detroit is where it is now. That is a. If someone is listening to this right now and you're wondering like what market to get in, because it's oftentimes it's really overwhelming. If you want to get started real estate investing, you've got to pick a market. And if you can't invest in your own backyard, obviously the best way to start is investing in your backyard if you can house hack. Even if you can't afford it, oftentimes house hacking will allow you to get into your own market um, pretty easily. But if you're looking to find a market to invest in and you can't seem to decide, re-listen to what Jason just said because he dropped a lot of gems and gold nuggets right there um, just on having that diverse economy. You don't want to be in a town like an oil and gas town, like somewhere out in West Texas or North Dakota, where it's just oil, like if oil goes boom, you're done. Uh, like you said, a mix of tech, medical, nurses, um, everything. And, and that's really, really good advice. I want to talk about where you're headed. So we, we got the vision. You're selling off your single family homes. You're getting into multifamily. Where are you, are you headed in the next few years? Let's just talk about maybe this year and next year. What does the rest of this year look like for you? Because you're very strategic in your moves. Yeah, so um, um, 
So we are focused on the acquisition side, right? Um, however, with that said, though, we are sticking to our numbers. Um, um, I've seen other investors um, uh, tweak their tweak their underwriting just to get a deal done. Um, I've seen I've seen them um, other investors use five um, percent vacancy. I've seen them use less than forty percent um, operating. And it says, oh, oh, for a sea vintage property, just to make their returns look higher. And, 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 um, um, another thing that I've been seeing them do is, um, they have been super aggressive on the cap rates, right? So, um, um, those are the things that we are not willing to tweak just to get a deal done. No, um, we understand that it's about patience and um, stick sticking to our numbers because um, we we have seen this before in previous market cycles. Um, people who are too aggressive um, often pay the price later, and um, that is why I love what um. Warren Buffett said, which is, um, be fearful when people are greedy, which is what's happening right now. Um, and then be greedy when people, when people are fearful. So I'm thinking about your previous life as a CPA. That's not a super exciting life being a no. <laughs> But however, doing taxes and do, and appropriately doing your tax return as a real estate investor can get really complicated. Do you have any CPA tips for people uh, for payment? Maybe they're getting started real estate investing on the best way to organize their business and some things that they can do ahead of time before they kind of get themselves stuck in a bad position. Because I know for me, the first couple of years, I was not organized and tax time was an absolute nightmare. Yeah, um, so I have two tips for people, right? First tip is to go get yourself a business bank account, right? Like, um, never ever commingle all of your personal expenses and your business expenses because that can be a mess. Um, and also, don't try to save money but trying to get the cheapest accounting that you can get, especially if you are doing bigger, bigger deals. Um, it's worth every cent to get the right team members um, um, on, your, uh, uh, on your business, right? Meaning, um, go pay that extra money to get that, to get that accountant who has the experience dealing with with a real estate client, you know, and now um make sure that your accountant actually has experience um um working with the kind of real estate assets that you that you're investing in, right? So so um if you're doing multi-family apartment deals um. You don't want to be working with an accountant who only who only has experience with with our real estate investors who are doing single family homes. So, so um, that's my tip. And also, um, um, if you can, if you can do um some some of your own bookkeeping or um. um if you can hire somebody um, to go do your bookkeeping for you, um, your accountant will thank you during tax season. Absolutely. Hiring a bookkeeper is one of the first things that I outsourced about a year ago, and it has been the best decision I've made. It cost me a couple hundred bucks a month to do it, but it's totally worth it. So let's say, let's 
kind of stick on the tax note for a second, because that's something that most people getting started in real estate know nothing about. And you have a lot of good experience in that. And you mentioned something that I think is really important is to find a CPA with actual real estate experience. It's almost like finding an attorney. Like you wouldn't go to a family law attorney if you're in like a, a truck accident or you wouldn't go to, you know, uh, a patent lawsuit attorney, <laughs> you know, um, uh, a better, um, here's a better example. Um, you would not go to a, uh, for a uh, heart surgery. That's amazing. That's your clip right there, bro. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. That's true because I see so many people, myself included, mess up when it comes to trying to go the cheap route. So once again, on the note of taxes, someone's getting started. They've got a few properties. They're ready to finally get an accountant. Uh, is, is the best time for them to go to an accountant uh, April 1st? No, no. Um, do not wait last minute because I'm... Um, Remember that that year, um, your accountant, especially um, when you are doing business deals, um, um, that is somebody that's on your team. So then, therefore, they should know what is your strategy even before you do it. So then, uh, um, so then they can do all the tax planning for you, um throughout the years so that um, so that they can maximize your um tax advantages tax benefits i should say yeah great advice man and um like i said i've made a lot of mistakes in taxes and i'm just now starting to get that kind of in check it's been a struggle for me because i'm not an organized person but like i said hiring that out and a lot of communication i've learned is what helps is like as soon as I close on a property, I'm sending my accountant my HUD statement. Um, I'm including any notes to my bookkeeper every month. Hey, you know, this is kind of what I did. Expect these expenses so they kind of know what to expect. Um, but something I did on the note of taxes, I did my first cost segregation study last year, yeah. which was really cool. Um, do you Are you familiar with cost seg? Maybe to explain it to people? Um. So, so to be honest with you, like, um, um, there are accountants who know more about that stuff than me. Um, 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 there's a reason why I transitioned out of accounting and in, in into real estate investing. You know, so um, um, even even myself, just right, like, um. um I am going to hire my own CPA to do all my tax stuff for me and to do all my accounting for me because I know, um, I know that my, that my, um, God given talent and skills is in real estate investing. So, so like, um, let somebody who's their God given talent and skills is in taxes and accounting. Focus on that part of your business. You know, like, um, um, you don't want, you don't want to be a, a, um, jack of all trades and master of none, right? Yeah, it's like the, the quote I remember is like, don't work in your business, work on your business. Yes, yes. Because, as an entrepreneur, you can get so caught up in all the little details of just trying to run a business, paying bills, doing bookkeeping, uh, all this kind of stuff, running around the job sites, which once again, which is another thing I love about out-of-state investing. Like, for example, you living in Los Angeles, if you have an issue pop up on one of your properties, honestly, I think that's kind of a strength because now that I live close to my properties, if there's an issue or contractors like, hey, can you meet me here? I'm just kind of apt to say, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll just meet you there. But when I was living in California, I lived in the Bay Area for five years. Oh. I would get calls from people all the time. And they're like, hey, we need you to meet me at the property. Um, there's an issue or a tenant would call. But I would have to think differently. I'd have to find, oh, let me find a high school kid to like pay him 50 bucks to go over there and show a property. Or let me find a handyman to come solve this problem. 
And I think that's actually a strength when you're investing out of state. Yeah. You're not being that handyman. You're not being the jack of all trades, like you said. Yeah. And, and, uh, even if my property was just next door, right? Um, um, if there is a clogged toilet and there is a leak, leaking roof, uh, it's not really going to make a difference um, because I'm not a handyman myself. So then therefore, so therefore, I still have to go get um my handyman to go and fix it, even if it's just next door. So then, therefore, um, does it really matter if it is if it is ten feet away or if it's two thousand miles away? Does it really matter? No, it doesn't. Right? Um, um that's why you should always keep your um, um keep your sight on your. High level, right? Keep your sight on a high level when it comes to business, and then they come um have people under you who's um who's reporting up to you to make sure that everything is um, um is being taken care of, and then they come um you can focus more on uh, pushing the business forward um because if you're in the trenches. Who's going to be pushing the business forward? Um, your job is to push the business forward. It's not to it's not to um go fix broken toilets. That's not that's not your value add. Um, let somebody else do that for you. Um, for example, Jessica. Uh, when I first started um transitioning to single family to multi family. Um, 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 I was making all the calls myself. I was making all the calls myself, and um, um, why would I just? It's better if I just um hired somebody to make all those calls for me, so that I can, so that I can do more high level stuff. For example, I can be on this podcast with you. I can be um I can be pushing my brand forward and of me being behind a phone and um and uh, calling owners. Dude, you just dropped so many gold nuggets right there. So much good information about not working in your business and working on your business and really being a visionary. Because that's your job as the Really, I guess we can call ourselves CEOs of our business. Yeah. We're not supposed to be running around chasing rent checks and fix, fixing leaky toilets and all that. And you made a lot of good points, even for myself that I need to, to remind myself of. Um, yeah, wow, that's so good. Because it's so easy. I was just thinking when you were talking, like if you think about a lot of deals we investors find that's off market, oftentimes, who are these deals from? They're disgruntled hobby landlords. And they're people that didn't run their business like a business. They ran their business like a hobby and they get burnt out and they're trying to wear all the hats and they're doing all the stuff, but you're developing these systems from day one. So you're not going to be that burnout landlord. Yeah. One day you're selling your property and you're just like, I'm done throwing in the towel. That's really, really good. Yeah. And, and they go, um, that is something that I'm personally working on myself is is a is a trusting people and so that I can partner up with them. You know, because um, um I grew up um in a uh, in a Asian uh, um household, Filipino culture. Um and I was thought that, you know, that I'm you need to be careful when you are partnering up with people um, because some people are going to um, um, take advantage of you. And um, um, trust me, that that is always a possibility. That's always a chance that that you're going to partner up with somebody and uh, and that they may be a good fit for you. 
Um, however, if you um, if you carry that kind of uh, um, mentality into business, then like, um, you will never grow. You will never scale because you're you're scared to actually work with people. And and like um, real estate is a relationship type of business. And like um, um if you don't work, work with people, um, then you'll be nothing but a um, mom and pop owner forever. You mentioned personal brand and how I have come to believe over the past couple of years. I used to be the guy that never wanted to post on social media. I never wanted to do any of that because I thought, eh, that's not for me. That's just kind of annoying. I don't want everyone to know what I'm doing. And then I quickly realized the power of using social media, of using Instagram and how a lot of that stuff has actually gotten me deals. It's gotten me partnerships and it's made me a ton of money. And as you continually uh, build your brand, you post content, the best thing you can do is just document what you're doing. I think people complicate it. They think they need to come up with some crazy content. Like doing what me and you are doing right now. This is one of the best ways to build your brand because then you get this, long podcast clip that you can break up and put in the content. People can see what you're doing. They can see your story at a scale versus just going out and making a hundred, 200 phone calls and telling the same story over and over again. And so I've definitely learned the power of personal brand and you're one of the people that's doing it really well. Like you're building up a sizable Instagram following. um, And you're at conferences, meeting people, and you realize the power of networking and building those relationships because you know, outside of systems, outside of all the stuff you're building, your team and all of that, it's the relationships that are really going to take you to the next level. And so I commend you for that. Yeah, um, because the two, the two people don't understand, right? Is that um, people do business with people. People don't do business with businesses. For example, right, like, um, look at Nike, right? Like, um, um, every time that you buy a Nike product, you don't buy it because it's Nike. You buy it because you saw, you saw, um, Michael Jordan with Nike. You saw that, you saw Kobe Bryant with Nike. You saw Travis Scott with Nike. So, so then they go, oh, so then you have a connection with a particular person. You don't have a con- you don't have a connection with a particular brand, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. So what do you say to the people, since 99% of people are consumers, they're not creators, what do you say to real estate investors that want to grow in their business, but they don't care about social media, they don't want to post on social media, and they don't think it's relevant? What do you tell those people? Uh, uh, then, then the... Um, you're gonna be small forever, and and, and um, um people like me, um um, and also that's who are um who is building their brand. Um, um it's gonna beat you out of doors in the future. Um, because people do business with who they know, and um, um for people to know you, then you have to be more familiar with them. So so um, um I want to read a study that said that um, um it takes people five times for them to see you visually before they can recognize you. So so like, um, by you consistently posting out content out there in the social media space then you are creating brand recognition. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure now that I go, um, when you hear Jason Malabute, you think real estate. You don't think accountants. Um, um, you don't think, you don't think, um, um, um disability. You think real estate, right? Um, um, why is that? Because, um, every time that you see me, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm posting about. It's real estate. Right there. Once again, drop in gold, man. 
because it's so, so important. And you mentioned like it takes someone five to seven times to make that impression. But you know what's, you, you mentioned the power of scale. Why you switch from single family to multifamily? Well, social media is another example of scale. If you're not on social media, how can you scale um, making those impressions five to seven times? Well, one of the best ways to do it is one example is you're going to conferences, you're going to meetups, you're going to virtual meetups, and you're consistent in social media. And every time you make a connection with someone, maybe you meet them at a conference, maybe you meet them at a, a meetup, what are people doing? They're saying, man, what's your Instagram? And you're getting on Instagram. And then those, those contact points, those five to seven points, you're creating those throughout the year. And come this time next year, maybe you're at BPCon, maybe you're at another conference. And then maybe someone added you last year on social media from one interaction they had. So instead of just being like, hey, nice to meet you, maybe we'll get on a call one time, they've seen you through the entire yeah. And they've gotten to know Jason. Yeah. They've gotten to know what you're doing, what you're all about your integrity, um, your drive, all of that stuff. And the likelihood of them wanting to invest with you, wanting to be a part of what you're doing is incredibly high. Mm-hmm. And it's so important and people are missing out. Man, we are in the golden era of social media and um, it's really what's going to take my business and your business far. And I'm excited about it. Yeah, and and they're going um, um... That is true because um, when I was younger, when I was younger, um, 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 I was one of those uh, weird kids um, um, who would never post their face <laughs> on social media, right? Like, you know, um, I just thought that like um, um, social social media was weird. Therefore, um, I would always cover my face on all the pictures. But, um, um, but now that I recognize um, how powerful is social media, so 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 like um, um it's me consuming social media. Um, let me produce content out there for people to know what I am up to, so that um. So, so that we could connect, you know, like um, um, if we had the same interest, then then uh, let's connect on social media, and then um, from there we can connect in real life, right? So, so they're going um, that's how we connect, right? Just like first, uh, um, first you got introduced to me through um. Clubhouse, like you said, and then from there we connected on our Instagram, and then and then um we met at a conference, and now we're doing a um podcast together. So it's a complete full circle, right? Now we've got a meet up in person outside of a conference. Exactly, exactly. Dude, that's so good, man. I think I'm going to try to wrap it up here. We're a little bit over an hour, which is awesome. You dropped a lot of good stuff, man. I think people are really going to appreciate it. I could talk on and on and on with you because you've got a ton of knowledge and you're killing it. What do you got? Like five, 6,000 followers on Instagram now? Yeah, I have about like, um, 5,000 followers on, on Instagram. Um, 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 it's a small account. Oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And it's going to snowball too. It's going to keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And you're only a few years in, man. Like, business, like I started in 2017 and you're kicking my rear. <laughs> I always tell people, you know, like, um, um, obviously, uh, one of my goals is obviously financial, right? I think, um, we would be lying if we said that, um, Financial reasons is not one of our goals. Um, however, um, just just to um, just to wrap everything up, um, I would say my biggest why, um, um, biggest reason why I'm in real estate investing, why I'm in in um, um entrepreneurship, self development, is because um um. I told myself, if I can 
inspired, if I can motivate one kid out there, just one kid, um, who either has a disability or, or a kid who grew up um, in a, in a um, neighborhood that doesn't have as much opportunities as other neighborhoods, and, and, and they are motivated and inspired by me, and they say, um, it's a me being a, another basketball player, another football player, another rapper, um, um, another, another, um, guy who's just like, um, hanging out in the streets. You know what? Um, um, I want to be a real estate investor. Um, I want to be an entrepreneur. Um, because I saw Jason do it. Um, um, and he is as flashy. He looks just as good <laughs> as any rapper that I've seen on TV. Um, I think that I have um fulfilled my mission in this world. Dude, I don't. I couldn't imagine a better answer to wrap things up. Like, yeah. that's so good and yeah. what a strong why. Because one of the questions people talk about is what causes people to give up. Of course, that bigger pockets question is what causes people to give up or never get started. Well, one of the reasons people give up is they don't have a strong why, and that's about as strong as a why as I could even come up with. Yeah, and one person is such an understatement because you're going to inspire tons and tons of people. I know you've inspired me. You'll inspire a lot of people on this podcast and uh, throughout your social media as you post some of this. But man, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the Pursuing Financial Freedom podcast. You've been a great guest, Jason. We had a little bit of technical difficulties in the middle of it, but man, you killed it. And I want to give you an opportunity to tell people where they can find out more about you, how they can connect with you, and uh, just let them know. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to connect with me, you can follow me on my um, SoundCloud. No, no. I'm <laughs> you can follow me on my social media. It is Jason Malabute on all social media platforms. And also, please check out my website. It's www.jasonmalabute.com.